we, we are coming into that next phase of the market. So we're coming out of that, you know, the crypto blues or the crypto winter phase. So during this time in the market, we would expect some more positive news coming. But what's really at the back of this is that anticipation of what's happening next year, which is the Bitcoin halving event, which we can discuss more, mm. but also the institutional involvement. Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Sidel Sierra is the co-founder of Digital Wealth Group, an educational platform that provides personalized cryptocurrency coaching for people that are looking to learn to invest. We talked about her history and why she decided to go down the crypto investing pathway. She talked about the impact that institutional involvement is going to have on cryptos, where the growth could be, and what 2024 will look like. Sidel mentioned some of the key security tips that investors should be aware of and how someone could look to start investing in cryptos. If you are interested in learning more about crypto, there is a free 90-minute introduction course attached in the description of this episode, and you can also sign up for the live session that's being hosted by Sidel in January of 2024. Here is Sidel Sierra. So hello, this is the Markable Podcast. I'm Ben Kostrich, and joining me on the show today is Sidel Sierra, the co-founder of Digital Wealth Group, uh, DWG, we'll probably refer to it during the show, but it's an education platform that provides, uh, I guess, personal, personalized mentoring and guidance within the crypto space. And I've talked about this a few times now, and it's great to know or have Sadell on the show to talk about her growth in this in this sector and industry and, and where she's come from. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on today. It's an absolute pleasure. So you're one of the co-founders of this company, uh, and I can imagine that this has been a real rapid acceleration uh, throughout the, probably the last handful of years, really. But your lead up to to co-founding this this company, I mean, where did you come from and a bit of your background and and almost like you say your your, your trigger or, or cultivar to then decide that this is this is an area of the market that I want to address and focus on. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I have a degree in uh, a degree in mathematics and physics, actually. So I've always had a love for technology and love for how things work. And uh, right through my twenties, I was studying, I was lecturing, teaching, and I was also doing a lot of business practices, things like that. And in my late twenties, I was invited to come to some uh, specialized training in Northern Europe. And uh, there's about five thousand people that applied. They gave you no instructions. And I thought I would apply to this uh, training camp basically for investors, for people that were in, in science and technology, people, what is the future of money, things like that. And it piqued my interest. So I just thought I would put an application in and 50 people were selected and I happened to be selected for that. So at this training, there were billionaires and multimillionaires from all around the world represented about 30 countries. And they were talking about the future of money and they were talking about for the first time I'd ever heard it, cryptocurrency. And that was around 2016. And they said the writing is on the wall and it's not a matter of if, but when. And at the time they were making purchase orders for around 5,000 Bitcoin at a time, up to 5,000 Bitcoin at a time. And I was sitting there across the table thinking, what do they know that I don't know? And, mm. uh, and there must be something here. I mean, these guys are, you know, highly successful business people and uh, live and travel all across the world with one of the most amazing networks I've ever been connected to. And here they are doing all of this investment into, into Bitcoin. And I'm thinking there must be something more to that. So when I came back to Australia, I started learning everything and anything I could about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. 
And my brother and I at the same time started learning. So he was actually a, a FIFO worker up in the mines and, uh, and the two of us joined forces and started just learning everything, started investing quite a lot into the market. And we then were able to ride that first wave of 2017, uh, which eventually people were asking us, how did you do that? How did you, uh, you know, make that profit? What are you guys doing? And we thought we just had a simple strategy. This is a nice, simple, straightforward, safe strategy to get into this market. We did a lot of trial and error ourselves. And that was sort of a shortened version of how we ended up st uh, teaching in this, in this industry and, and helping people to get started. So we'd sort of come to a level of success. And then we were people asking us and then we've sort of found ourselves repeating ourselves over and over and over. We started running small workshops and eventually uh, became DWG what it is today. Yeah, that was going to be the next point is, of course, when people are asking you and, and repeatedly wanting to pick your brain about how you've done it. And, and as, as you probably will allude to, you know, timing is everything and there's been market cycles with a lot of this. And personally, it's like a, a new area, even for myself and probably a lot of listeners trying to understand how it fits into the modern day portfolio and the modern day investment sort of strategy. But uh, I mean, what DWG has been been doing is, is sort of educating and, and giving investors the tools to unpack this sort of sector. So going through arguably quite a few cycles, even over since 2016, I mean, what have you found has really helped grow that, that company to, to where it is? Uh, so a lot of the what's happening on an economic level over the last few years has been one of the key contributors and and people uh, feel very fearful of what's happening in the world. They feel very, you know, out of control as well. So a lot of people are wanting to take back that level of uh, control over their wealth. And also there's this little bit of a quest for self-sovereignty amongst the community these days and, and sort of looking at more independent financial solutions, but also growing our wealth. Uh, in it through cryptocurrency. So we found that uh, at, off the back of the pandemic and all of these things happening, people were really looking for that sort of plan B option. And uh, and at the time that was that was when we sort of started to get even more busier. And we started talking with people like Robert Kiyosaki and Harry Dent and mindset coaches like John D. Martini. We're traveling around the world prior to COVID and and speaking in front of thousands of people and that sort of went online and uh, and the message got even further because people were really looking for that, really looking to see what other options are there. There must be something else than what we are getting right now. Far out. And, and of course, I mean, the the flow and the whole sector at the moment um, that we were into before, you know, Bitcoin, which really commands a lot of the conversation of crypto is has been performing incredibly well recently. Uh, but I can imagine there's a few reasons behind why that has been, I guess, evolving and, and more so from, you know, potentially institutional involvement or, or just investors getting a little bit of a more appetite for it. So what have you really been seeing unfold within the crypto space recently, um, given that, I mean, I think Bitcoin commands a lot of attention, but there's a lot more underlying the whole crypto world other than just Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. There's there's many layers to that to that question, but off the top of my head, off like a I'd say a first response there is, uh, we we are coming into that next phase of the market. So we're coming out of that you know the crypto blues or the crypto winter phase. So during this time in the market, we would expect some more positive news coming. But what's really at the back of this is that anticipation of what's happening next year, which is the Bitcoin halving event, which we can discuss more, mm. but also the institutional involvement. And just actually only a few months ago, they were talking about the prices of Bitcoin and Ethereum at the time. And they were saying 
this may go down as the most mispriced period in crypto history based on the fundamental analysis of what is actually coming into this market. I mean, the writing is on the wall and it's not a matter of if, but when. I mean, we've got Bitcoin spot ETFs looking to be approved uh, as early as January the 10th next year. So, you know, and off the back of that, we've already seen what happens with a bit of fake news around that. We had a, you know, there was some sort of fake news that the ETF had been approved and boom, Bitcoin jumps Mm. up and skyrockets overnight, followed by a big pullback. So there's a lot of this anticipation building and a lot of people are sort of prep um, in, in that sort of preparatory phase, getting ready for the bull market, which is expected to start unfolding as of next year. Interesting. Yeah, the the Bitcoin halving, you, you just mentioned that there is a, a sort of a, a big event that's occurring. And for many, it's probably like, a you know, what does that even mean? So what what is that? And, and what does that really, uh, I guess, mean for, for the, the state of that, that coin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of new investors coming into the space think that their Bitcoin heart, their Bitcoin holdings will get cut in half. And that's definitely not the case. Um, it actually means that it's actually a mechanism built into Bitcoin, which cuts the circulating supply coming into new markets. So it cuts the new uh, supply of Bitcoin coming to the market by half. So that means the miners, the the algorithms to crack the codes to get the Bitcoin increase in complexity significantly. So there is a lot more computer power needed to break that code in order to mine another Bitcoin. So basically it means that the rate at which they're coming into the market is cut in half. So we have this major supply shock are met with a demand shock. And that's what these Bitcoin halving events trigger. And this is also why we're seeing the price activity that we're seeing in the market at the moment because of the anticipation leading up to the Bitcoin halving event in April of next year. So yeah, once that once that happens, it always kicks off the bull market historically. Interesting. And I mean, m- myself knowing and speaking with a lot more, I guess, institutional uh, investors nowadays, uh, I guess one of the fascinations that they had is they, when Bitcoin and, and particularly cryptocurrencies started going on these runs, you could say there was not really any other form of vehicle asset that was running as hard uh, and as quickly. Uh, and I think a lot of institutional investors have now really seen an opportunity to invest in these, uh, I guess, currencies to make good returns. And if they're not, then they're behind really opportunity. So I mean, with them really taking it a bit more seriously, you could say, instead of just neglecting it as just a fad and being there's genuinely potential here to make good returns for, for themselves, but also potentially their clients. What do you think that will have uh, as an implication on on this landscape is, yeah, institutional involvement increases uh, and how is that going to, I guess, evolve in the landscape? Oh, very, yeah, that's a really good question because it, obviously crypto was created on the premise of self-custody. and the very act of what institutions are doing is is sort of the opposite of that. So it's it's crypto services, non-custodial crypto services. So you're buying cryptocurrency, but you're not owning it, but you, you're, you're, it, it's in your portfolio and, and the price performance of your portfolio is still pegged to the price of Bitcoin. You don't actually hold them in a wallet that you control. Mm. So that alone is sort of the opposite of what crypto is created for. But there is a silver lining to that because I believe that, you know, the adoption of what of cryptocurrencies on a on a global scale because you've now got mainstream uh you know retail just using these institution institution financial products to basically get exposure to crypto rather than going through the self-custody process which which is the process that it is now so you're going to have millions of new retail you know retail investors coming into the market as well as institutional investors and that's going to create an enormous wave of capital moving into the crypto market 
So we will see it reach a multi-trillion dollar. I mean, it already has been a multi-trillion. I'm talking about much higher than what we've seen before in terms of the market capitalization. So we'll see that increase and uh, they reckon BlackRock alone, just from BlackRock, we'll, we'll see tr a few trillion just come from that. I mean, if you think about it, we've had a, a market cap of about 2.8 trillion uh, as the highest it's ever been. And if they say, oh, just BlackRock, just what that one factor will bring in a few trillion to the market cap alone, you can sort of start to see that this the sort of unprecedented mm. growth of what's actually around the corner. And uh, many people are calling it, it it's a, a popcorn year for crypto over the next two years, just in regards to what's going to happen. <laughs> no, good. Well, I can see the excitement in your face and, and yeah. rightfully so. Uh, but more so, like, who who is leading this charge? Because I know that, you know, Australia, we're arguably maybe not the biggest sort of contributor in regards to investment or even activity within this space, but maybe that's just my naivety. But are there certain countries or certain areas that are really leading the charge in, I guess, adopting this either for a use case, but also from an investment point of view? Uh, I would say at this point, it's really the the traditional finance giants that is BlackRock, that is Grayscale, you know, uh, you've got uh, 21 shares in ARC, these sorts of major institutions. I'm not talking about the small fries. I'm talking about the mm -hmm. biggest players in the entire world of traditional finance uh, knocking down that wall and saying we're going to be part of this crypto crypto wall. And really it's just coming down to the SEC, which is the regulatory body in the US, uh, the Securities Exchange Commission saying whether we will approve and getting through all the roadblocks of, of what that looks like for institutions. So I always say it's not a matter of if, but when. It's really just they, they are leading the way. And, and if you think about it, you've got these major institutions that are going to create financial services for crypto. And what are they going to do? What are they going to want for those products is, is to, to have wide-scale wide adoption for them. So they're going to be promoting and leading that growth uh, predominantly because of their own vested interest in that product they've created. And the the whole bull run that we're anticipating coming next year and probably into 2025 as well. I mean, this will be leading across all cryptos. Uh, and, and I mean, from an education point of view, for people that have never really approached this, do you find that it's easy to draw parallels between potentially some equity markets and and use that as like a almost an analogy so people can start understanding which cryptos are or which coins are like, you know, the stable coins versus you know, the potential sort of highly volatile ones. I mean, how do you go about sort of discussing the, I guess, the differences or the similarities between them to help people understand and therefore want to get more involved in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's a great question because um, it's actually really interesting and there's a bit of a simple playbook for the way crypto, the crypto market unfolds, especially in a bull market. So for a new investor coming into the space, they might think it's too late because say Bitcoin's on it past its previous all-time high. Mm. I mean, we're all, all, only a few thousand dollars away from that. So people might then go, oh, I've, I've missed the boat. But the reality is uh, Bitcoin's just the flag, the, the big flag at the front of the crypto yeah. you know, ship or whatever. The market darling in a way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the key indicator of the whole entire health of the crypto market. So that will always do its first big run. And then we'll see Ethereum move after that second to Bitcoin. And then after after Ethereum's had its big run, we'll start to see what's called the larger cap cryptos, which are your top, say, 20 to 50 cryptocurrencies. And if you go on a website like coinmarketcap.com uh, or any sort of aggregator that lists your top cryptos, your top 30 to, say, 50 are what we would consider that larger cap. So you get these sort of multiple waves in the market. 
And then the fourth wave is that you have what's called the small caps, which are these very speculative, what we call silly season or meme season. Mm. And that's where you hear about, you know, these coins with fluffy dog faces going through the roof and yeah. people making a thousand X in, in five days and stuff like that. And it does happen, but that's also the indication that it's getting towards the end of the bull market. So there are sort of four entry points into this market, which I find very interesting for new investors. So if you've missed that sort of Bitcoin wave, there's the Ethereum wave, then there's the large cap wave, and then your smaller sort of, you know, 50 or 30 to 50 coins and beyond that are more speculative and higher risk coins. But I call them much higher. You can get much higher returns from those types of coins potentially, but they come with a lot higher risk. Yeah. I was about to say, you can sort of almost paint the scale of, you know, higher risk, higher reward. Uh, but mm. another fascinating thing with the, the crypto is that, you know, the market's always open, isn't it? There's no real public holidays for, for a lot of it. Is that sort of a, a true yeah. thing? Yeah. So it's that's a, a right. market that's yep. operating 24-7 every single day of the year, which means that yep. there's no real downtime for, for those sorts of trends in markets, which is quite exciting as well, I can imagine. That's right. Yeah. And and with crypto, it's it's not so much, I always say, the coins that you hold, but the timing, your market timing is is is, is probably the most important thing. You want to be placing maximum upside in, in front of you because people go and follow the hype and they, you know, they don't be, a, they're not a contrarian. They don't think opposite to group think. They see it in the news, every crypto is pumping and then they're jumping on. And by that time, they're putting the maximum downside in front of them. And then potentially people sit at losses for years to come. So that's really where a lot of new people make mistakes is that you want to time your entry and, and then the cryptos that you choose make a difference to the performance of your overall portfolio. But uh, many people miss that market timing and, and get mm. in at the very top, which is, uh, and we're sort of just in that, that right phase right now, just before we start to see a lot of price movement. So the timing, in my opinion, is, uh, is, is pretty amazing right now. And from yourself personally, you know, starting in 2016, 17, you said like building up your strategy and arguably trial and error and figuring out how the, the market moves and, and I guess signals and, and flags. Has this all been... I guess the components that then you've built into the DWG sort of components and educational things that you can give to investors to then go, look, these are some of the, you know, tips and tricks or strategies or, or arguably just ways to read, you know, the charts at the end of the day and, and when to get in and, and when to potentially get out as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So we've, we've woven in all of that knowledge and what we call blueprints and playbooks and uh, uh, security uh, structures and, because it's one thing to accumulate wealth, but it's another thing to man maintain and keep it yes. safe in, when it comes to crypto. And we, we believe in long-term safe wealth generation, not quick, rich, um, overnight things that are shiny objects, which are there are many of them uh, in crypto. So I'm talking about wealth creation that takes two to three years because you ride a major market cycle the right way. You, you, can, you can turn, you know, relatively small amounts of money we've seen students do into astronomical figures, you know, um, sort of five to six figures, even into seven and even to eight figures we've seen people do. But that's through playing that patience game. So we do teach these strategies where people are uh, learning how to time the market, learning when to know it's getting close to the top, not be greedy and take profits because, you know, it, we can see these millions of dollars on the screen, but it doesn't actually mean anything until it's actually cashed out into your mm -hmm. bank account. So there's a whole other skill just with managing our human emotions. So there's many facets to understanding the crypto market, but investing in it the right way. And I'm glad you mentioned security before, because I mean, I remember reading articles years ago and there's those horror stories of people that had, you know, their own wallet, their, their self, I guess, protected. I, again, I'm terrible with the, the correct phrasing behind it, but, you know, and that idea that you own the password, all the risks on you, and then, you know, you lose it. And 
I'm seeing ample ads now on, on television and just YouTube and everything like, you know, password managers, because these days you can't remember a password for more than 40 minutes sometimes. So on the security front, uh, you know, we're looking at these, these groups that are coming in that will, will be your custodian for the coins, or you can be the self-custodian. I mean, is that really the two pathways that people can approach setting up a, a I guess a crypto investment bank or, or sort of wallet. Uh, I mean, how do you sort of differentiate which ones could be suited for which sort of person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I always say to most people, to, to investors, is it's always look to have self custody, and, and crypto is not yours until it's in a wallet that you control. And a wallet that you control is one where you own the private keys. And whilst that comes with another layer of security and like responsibility, and not many people are fearful of that. There is, there's some really efficient and simple strategies that you can apply um, to, to minimize that risk completely or to eliminate it completely. And, and you've, we've seen what happened in 2022 uh, with, you know, the mismanagement of people's funds. And that was simply because people had their money entrusted into third parties. So if you want to protect your wealth the right way, I always believe that private custody is the only way. Um, people might say that's a bit extreme, but I don't, that's true crypto investing in my opinion. And the account setups more so, that's also probably something that you guys help educate people in. And I mean, I, I think of MetaMask potentially as one wallet that I think I use, but even now thinking back, I'd be struggling to find my uh, my passphrase. Thankfully, I don't think I use too much on it. But I mean, going through the steps of even figuring out which which account to use, I mean, how do you sort of you know help people understand what, what do they even need to do to set that up? Mm -hmm. So for like, a, do you mean like a wallet or like an exchange? Yeah, yeah, so like a wallet, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so the main, your main, uh, the, the main two hardware wallets. So there's a software wallet, which is connected to the internet, things like the MetaMask, which is a great plugin. And then you've got your hardware wallets, which is going to be either your Trezor or your Ledger. So they're basically the same thing, just competitors to each other. It's sort of like, you know, brand A, brand B doing the same thing. So your Trezor and your Ledger are the two industry leaders and, storing and having one of those wallets, especially if you have assets, even if over a thousand dollars, I would highly recommend to start with and have a wallet. Uh, people that are just beginning with a few hundred bucks and playing around with it, they might just use a software wallet to begin with. But if you are in it for the long term, which most investors are, you want to be thinking big. And like, for example, one of my investments is $980 turned into over 110 grand. And so people Please. underestimate the power of what mm. this asset class can do. And it really can turn these assets around in an astronomical that that was done in 90 days, you know, so these are the sorts of things that can happen. And that's just one of many examples. Uh, sometimes these things go even higher and you want to have that in a wallet that's set up correctly. And that's always going to be a hardware wallet, in my opinion. And can you transfer the wallets quite easily? Or is it again, one of those things that once you've got, you know, a particular, what, like a software wallet, uh, you sort of keep that. It's a little bit more difficult to then also set up your own physical um, wallet, like those those brands you were talking about, or what are sort of maybe some of the misconceptions that people think about myself personally? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. So your crypto doesn't sit on the wallet. It, it's just the, the wallet is just a fancy way to like a fancy device that allows you to access your digital vault. So it's a little bit of a head spin, but mm. uh, you, it's as easy as um, if almost you could think of it like bank accounts. Is it easy to yeah. move money from a NAB account or Westpac account or to a, you know, uh, yes, it is. So it, it's the same thing with hardware wallets, provided you have your private keys. So your private keys is your, is your, you could say, you know, in real life, that would be a golden key to a safe, you know, so it, it's not the safe box. It's, it's sort of like the, um, it is the golden key. So 
your hardware wallet is just basically a little device that allows you to um, open up that wallet and see what's in it. But you can actually use those private keys and go onto any device and and re reinstate and actually use any device to see it, provided you've got those keys. So the keys is actually the most important thing. And most people think I have to protect this little USB stick looking thing with my life. But I say, no, you don't. It's the private keys. Yes. You could run that. You could actually drop that thing in the swimming pool and you wouldn't lose your funds. But as long as you've got your private keys, you could grab a new device tomorrow, plug those private keys in and your funds would reappear. So it's just, oh a, it's just a little thing to see what, what's, on you, what's in your digital vault. Of course. Yeah. And I think that's one of the the processes, arguably from your point of view, it's educating and, and almost removing those sorts of biases or pre-known misconceptions about the, the industry, because it's one of those, I guess, aspects that gets a little bit of good publicity, but occasionally, you know, also as, as a target, because it's a challenge to so many traditional systems in which we use. But if we're moving away from that, because that's a whole other subject in itself, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, some tips and tricks, you know, if we've got someone... <clears throat> On the other side of this conversation, it's going, look, I've been thinking about it. There's, you know, this potential bull run that's, that's looming in the, you know, 2024 equity markets getting a bit better as well. There's a little bit more confidence with just the way that the global economy is looking, hopefully. Uh, I mean, yeah. where, what are some of the tips potentially that you would recommend to, to investors start approaching uh, doing something that many would think would be almost a bit uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. So, and if people are thinking about to get into cryptocurrencies, a few things to remember is that people don't need to break the bank to get in and some exposure is better than none. And I always say that if you've got an asset class that is the fastest appreciating asset class on the planet, that is producing more millionaires than any other asset, why would we not want to have just some skin in the game? Doesn't mm. mean doesn't mean putting a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or 50, whatever it is, just start with a grand, start with a couple of grand, dip your toes in, see what it's like, start to see the returns, start to get used to the, the entire ecosystem that it is itself and start to let the market give you the confidence. Because when I started, I actually only started with a few grand and I was so like, so uh, fearful and so like I had the lowest risk and I was the most conservative. And I turned that into about 30 grand and that continued to 300 and then into the, into continuing on that journey. And this is, this is the journey that I took, but I went from very, very low risk and conservative to what I would consider now extreme risk. There's a category for mm. extreme risk. I'm not joking. I'm joking there, but it's like just a much higher risk and more because I understand the game, the nature of the game that I'm playing with. So I would say just to have some exposure is better than none. Yeah, I, again, and if you approach it like most equity markets, everyone gets to a point where they want to start dipping their toes into to ASX or US or, and these days, you know, you can get access to all those sorts of markets. Yeah, if you're not considering doing some form of cryptocurrency, even if it is, you know, the safe coin like Bitcoin, as you said, it's it's got ample room to grow. Of course, there's going to be some volatility, but it all comes down to yeah, your game plan, your strategy, and I think patience. Uh, and that's something that probably lost a bit these days, but it'd be good to see people starting to to get back into that almost traditional sense of holding on to something and not just selling it because you read an article on X or Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever have you. But you mentioned that we're looming into this this event in 2024 uh, with, with Bitcoin. And of course, that will reflect uh, quite positively, you'd assume, on a lot of the other cryptos. But of course, when there's always an uprun, there's a pen, potentially or eventually uh, a, a point of, of like a stopping and, and a reversal and, and almost trying to manage when you get out and when you get in. But if you're looking at that run and you know it's hard to predict exactly what day or what time or when, but 
how far or when do you reckon this this bull run could go into and yeah people make money in bear markets as well but but what is the sort of potential long-term setup for the crypto market probably focusing on bitcoin first yeah, absolutely. And we always do focus on Bitcoin because it is the key indicator of the market. And what happens to Bitcoin has a non-flow effect to the whole market. So if Bitcoin's healthy, the broader market's healthy because it's that capital all flows into the other cryptos and and it's like that rising tide lifts all lifts all boats. So uh, for me, looking at the charts and looking at the market analysis, I would say that we're going to be seeing the beginning of this, the, the real heat of the market come into around November of next year. But we're already seeing that price action now. So that doesn't mean we're going to get a lot of upside between now and then because it doesn't go from here to just the top of the market, does mm. it? You know, we have, um, and we'll see 10 to 30% pullbacks all the way up to that next all-time high. And 2025, uh, 2025, in my opinion, will be when the market is is sort of red hot in terms of people being able to pull out major profits and, and capitalize on those returns to the best of their ability. And I think towards the end of 2025, we'll start to see that market pullback. And that's why we say to investors, we wait a long time for these moments. You know, we might wait four years for this moment to come around again that we have now. Because when we're in the heat of a bull market and prices are sitting at all-time high, we, you get a lot of uh, retail people, just everyday investors jumping on. But then they obviously, again, like I said earlier, they, they place downside in front of them, not upside. So right now we're sort of, I believe, sitting at that sort of, we're looking at that max upside in front of us. We have all of these bullish factors the fundamentals are all lined up. And I say they, there couldn't be a better time to be to be really seriously looking at the crypto space as something that to get exposure to uh, because of the the writing on the wall, because of the institutions, because of the Bitcoin halving, because of the inflation issues across across the world, because of all of those factors combined, we're going to have this, this major supply shock, major demand shock. And never before have we had such institutional interests and that's not going to happen overnight, which is why I believe the bull market will be a postponed extended one right into 2025, because that takes time for retail to, to move in, for that trillions of dollars to come in. It doesn't just flood in on day one. It will be a slow movement, but the movement will never slow down. It will just become more and more and more. So that's why I say, what side of this wave do we want to be on? You know, mm. do, we want to, do we want to ride this wave and front run all of this knowledge? Yeah. And of course, I mean, this presents the perfect picture for people to start equipping themselves with the tools to, to get ready for it and, and start, you know, getting themselves confident so that they can either start approaching it now or, you know, gearing up for what potentially could be a really long, well, as expected, 20, 30, 40, who knows how many years uh, into the future for their investment. So more so from what you've done, if we're going back to, to TWG and, and what it offers and potentially some of the training and mentoring that you guys have got. Uh, I mean, if listeners are looking at inquiring about, you know, this education side of it and how to get themselves in the best position for this bull run. I mean, where can listeners go and what can they, what can they get from DWG to help them be equipped for, for this run? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a, a, a 90 minute training, which covers all of the fundamentals going on right now. So it takes what we've discussed here today and really breaks that down even more. And that's a free training to really get a more extended look into this market. And then for students, for people, for new investors that are looking to get private coaching. So one of the things that we offer is one-on-one -on -one support. So if you're wanting to have someone walk you through this process, develop a full portfolio, diversified across many growth sectors in crypto, uh, you know, there's many facets to that where we can put our crypto to work and be earning a really high yield and passive income and all sorts of things like that. 
So we teach these strategies and help to build them out. And you have a private one-on-one coach that works you that works with you through that process. And then you also have many group trainings, live sessions, market updates. So it's giving you all the right information, all the right tools, but not overloading you, just that mm-hmm. right sweet spot to to really get your uh, exposure into the market in a safe way and then let the market do the heavy lifting for you. So it's really for those that are wanting some support and are maybe a bit nervous about entering this space for the first time and would just like to have a professional that's been investing in crypto for 10 years, uh, worked with thousands of students worldwide to sort of uh, have them sort of guide them across that process. So we have a 90-minute training that people can watch and uh, that covers all of all of that information. Yeah, we'll make sure to put that. I'll put that in the description so people can head to it. But I know there's going to be plenty of opportunities, especially in the new year, given that, yeah, we're racing towards the 2024 as we speak. But <laughs> plenty of opportunities in the new year as well. But um, if investors are keen, I'd 100% recommend them go check that out. Uh, but for those that are thinking, you know, there's going to be a few takeaways because we've, we've covered a fair bit. If there's three potential takeaways that you'd say for those new investors looking to approach this side of investing and yeah, they've probably got a bit of nerves. What would those three takeaways be for them? Uh, yep. Three takeaways. Um, I could give you 3000, but <laughs> we go, we'll start with three. Uh, but I would say uh, the first one would be my, one of my favorite things I say, if it's too easy, it's too late. And we don't want to wait for these sort of crypto services to be so easy to get exposure into this asset. Because in my opinion, the biggest gains are coming from people that are going through a little bit of that learning curve they might feel a little bit overwhelmed, but they're going through that learning curve and crypto gives back to you what you give to it. And the more you effort you put in, even if it feels a little bit challenging, a little bit overwhelming, uh, we all walk through the same door. Everyone has to learn the same skills at the same time. There is no shortcut. However, when these services come in to make it so easy, uh, that opportunity, that window for these amazing gains that we see now, these 10x, 100x, even 1,000x. I mean, I've even had a 10,000x on my portfolio over once for Please. crypto that I've had. These things do happen, you know, so mm. these are the sorts of opportunities that crypto presents, but we, we need to go through that overwhelm. So that would be my first tip that if you think it's an overwhelming experience, that's totally normal and, and totally part of the parcel and you will be rewarded for that. Mm. Uh, my second, um, my second key point is it's, it's about time, the time that you spend in the market, many people jump in, jump out, it, it, the market shakes a bit, they jump out. And I say, don't do that because there's a saying that the, the, the big players will shake the weak hands of their investments, okay? So we want to have diamond hands. We want to be able to hold through all of that volatility, which will always be there. And so it's the time that we spend in the market, but it's also the timing because people will time their entry at the top instead of in, in moments where it's quiet or quieter like now. Um, and there's a little bit of momentum building in the background in, in anticipation of what's coming. And my third point is that private, sh- private ownership in, in mm. growth sectors. Looking for growth sectors, there's thousands of sectors in crypto, but looking for things like decentralized finance, new blockchain technology, gaming and metaverse. You can have cryptos that are in those sectors that I call are like the second wave through crypto. A Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're more conservative. They're, they're, they are also overbought. They've gone through multiple psycho cycles. So you want to find cryptos in these explosive growth sectors that are yet to go through their first major bull market. And that's always where you get the most profit when the crypto goes through its first major cycle. So that would be my three out of out of all of the tips. That would be my three key points for a new investor. And also just to have fun with it because it is mm. an incredible asset and anyone can do it. You don't have to have financial background. We've got 80 something year olds that are 
that are seven and eight figure crypto holders and they started with 50 grand or 20 grand and you know and they have to you know get reminded of the coach what what, what is this asset every class you know they're um you know they, they struggle technologically but they still keep going they've never had investment experience and I just say there is no real excuse for not not getting some exposure in this. Market. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't discriminate against anyone's ability, and yeah, Dumb it's and one of those. Down. As you said, if you if you're missing out on potentially one of the best performing uh, assets over the past handful of years, then you're probably not setting yourself up for for the future. Uh, you'd probably be yeah. kicking yourself as everyone does when they look back at what Bitcoin has achieved. But there's going to be the next ones that do that exact thing. So, no, appreciate it so much, Adele, for yeah you taking the time to speak with me. It's uh, it's a fascinating world. I know there's a lot of people that are, are looking to get into it. And yeah, it all just starts with getting a bit of confidence and guidance. So yeah, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben. And uh, thanks to all the listeners here today. I hope you, hope you enjoyed it. And <laughs> remember to have some exposure better than none. Thanks for listening to the Marketable Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow The Market Bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching The Market Bull. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.